0: This morning, um, I'm so excited, you guys, because the title of this morning's message is this, Because the Bible Said So, or Because the Bible Said So? Um, it, let me just ask a really a question that, come on, be honest, because I'm, I'm being vulnerable with you this morning. Do we have any pro wrestling fans in the house this morning? Come on! Come on, yeah, two of you, yeah. Well, hey, there we go. Yeah, three, that's my corner in the back. Yeah, holla. Come on now, hey. Okay, you guys, I, gotta, I just gotta be honest. I grew up during a time where uh, the WWF had this era. It was called the Attitude Era. Like, they were pushing the limits. Like, people are like, yeah, I know it now. I'm like, I guess, yeah, oh, I'm gonna admit it. You know, I know you watched it. Uh, anyway, and, and during this Attitude Era, man, I was so obsessed with pro wrestling, you guys. In fact, I remember I was like 12, and for whatever reason, I was like sick and I took a nap, and it was Monday, and on Monday nights, it's Monday Night Raw. You know, it's like the big Monday night, two-hour thing on USA Network. I woke up, and I started sobbing because I thought I missed Monday Night Raw. You know what I'm saying? Like, my mom was like, everything's going to be okay. But if you are a wrestling fan, typically you have a favorite professional wrestler, and anybody know who this guy right here is? Come on, somebody. Stone Cold, Steve Austin, his entrance music, the glass shatters, he gets up on the, on the four corners. Yeah, But, if you, hey, some of you are like, dude, this guy is crazy this morning, right? But, hey, hang with me because if, if you know anything about Stone Cold Steve Austin, like, this guy was crazy. Like, this is the guy that, like, drove a beer truck into the arena and, like, just sprayed, hosed down everybody with beer at one point. Like, the dude was just nuts, right? And, and I'll never forget it. This guy even created a Bible verse, Austin 316 means I'm going to whip your, nobody said it, okay? <laughs> I almost got some of you. Hey, come on. I almost got you. I almost got you. This guy created his own Bible verse. But the, the phrase that I think of when I think of Stone Cold Steve Austin is he had this phrase, and it, and it was after he did anything, he beat somebody down in the ring. He gave him a Stone Cold stunner. Bam! You know what I'm saying? He would always say, and that's the bottom line, because Stone Cold said so. Never forget, wow, we got some wows, right? I really thought there would be more pro wrestling fans this morning. Okay. I'm going to, yeah, maybe second service. We're going for that. Right. Anyway, hey, so, but this is, this is the thing. As many times I believe this, that, that our version or the version that's been portrayed to the world about Christianity is very similar. Hey, why, why do you believe in Jesus? Because the Bible said so. And people are like, isn't that the same logic as Stone Cold Steve Austin, right? Like, isn't that really similar? Like that, that's what you have, right? You, why do you follow Jesus? Because the Bible said so. But is what the Bible says so the reason for a Christian's hope? We're gonna address this this morning. And, and to, to really address this, I, I think we gotta look at a writing by a game, guy named Peter. And, and Peter, if you don't know this, who Peter was, he was this follower of Jesus, and he, he was really scrappy. He was a scrappy guy. In fact, he was so scrappy that he started following Jesus, then he, then he unfollowed him, then he decided to follow him again. Like, it's like, dude, are you, are you like committed to the cause, or are you not? Like, as a human being, I think each and every person can relate to Peter. And it's amazing that Jesus chose this lowly fisherman in the society at the time to be one of the main leaders of this thing called the church. But I think it's really formative and it's really important to see how Peter was writing and encouraging churches that were suffering during the early church. People were legitimately suffering for their faith. Sometimes in America we're like, oh, oh, we're suffering so much because we can't have prayer in our classrooms. These are people that were literally dying because of their faith. And Peter's writing to these people, and this is what he says, and I think it's so important for us to catch this. 1 Peter 3.15, Peter writes, he writes, but in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. He says this, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. This is a kicker too, but do this with gentleness and respect. I really believe if you have the Stone Cold Steve Austin approach of beating people down, because the Bible said so. That does not sound too much to me like gentleness and respect. But what is the reason that we have hope in Jesus? What is the Christian's reason for hope? And I believe to really begin to dissect this idea, we have to look at this first principle that will be up on the screen. It's unpacking this idea, which is going to be a little bit, if you're a church person this morning, you've grown up in church, you're familiar with church, you know what to do, when to do it, when to lift your hands, when to pray, how to say the right prayers, so on and so forth, this first hope is going to be, this first principle is going to be very challenging for us, it's going to be up on the screen. It's this, Christianity begins with Jesus, not the book of Genesis. Let me say that again, Christianity begins with Jesus, not the book of Genesis. Genesis. Let me unpack this a little bit. Genesis 1-1. The first scripture in the Hebrew Bible. The Jewish scriptures, right? The first two-thirds of our modern Bible, which is the history of the Israelites and the Jewish people. There's an assumption that is made right from the get-go. In the beginning, God. The God assumption. And here's what what I'm I'm just going to really just kind of hopefully understand in the room this morning. There's some of you in the room this morning, you don't always assume God. And that's okay. Because those are your experiences. That's the life you've lived. That's the life that maybe you've been a person that grew up in church, you've experienced church, and you've been burned really bad. There's been some horrible stuff that's happened to you in Jesus' name. But here's what I'm going to assume this morning, is not everybody in the room has the God assumption. And here's what I'll also maybe, maybe portray or, 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 or challenge you with this morning you as that person may have more in common with the earliest followers of Jesus than you realize. What do I mean by that? I mean this. Peter, Ange, Andrew, James, John, these guys, these Jewish men, how many of you guys know they did not begin to follow Jesus because of what was in the Jewish scriptures? The Hebrew Bible. They did not. They were Jews. They knew the Bible, their Bible, the Jewish scriptures, backwards and forwards. That. Portion of text and scripture was not the reason that they began to follow Jesus. The faith of Jesus' earliest followers did not rest on a historically, archaeologically, scientifically accuracy of the Hebrew Bible. And here's what I'll I'll challenge us with this morning. Yours shouldn't either. Your kids shouldn't either. Our faith is not based out of the law and the prophets, as Jesus called it. Because how many of you guys know when you begin to unpack and open up the first two-thirds of the Bible, it's filled with violence, misogyny, scientific and historically unverifiable claims. Can we just be honest about that? But what's amazing is that this is irrelevant. The first two-thirds, of the old the Jewish scripture, the Hebrew scriptures. Is irrelevant because the Christian faith is not based on that. Nowhere are Christians instructed to defend an authoritative book because other before others consider the message of Jesus. It's interesting because you know this will be up on the screen, but many times we have a perspective that's so Bible-centric. That we literally believe this, be up on the screen. As the Bible goes, so goes our faith. As the Bible goes, so goes your faith. When somebody challenges you with a scientific claim out of the Old Testament and you don't know how to defend it, and you say, Well, I don't know how to wrestle with the scientific realities, is your faith gone with it when you don't know how to defend it? And I would say this morning, No. Because the foundation of your faith as a Christian is not based out of truths in the Hebrew scripture. Many of you guys know this, but Callie and I, we are expecting our second child. Come on. Hallelujah. It's been a journey. It's been a battle. Many of you guys have been praying through, it, through this process with us. We are so excited um, people are like, you think you're going to have a boy or a girl? I don't know. Everybody thinks you're going to have the opposite. So, like, it's hard to get the idea of, like, we're going to have a girl out of my mind. You know what I mean? It's like, watch, we're going to have a boy, and we're going to be, like, shocked. It's going to be, like, a mind blow. Wah! But here's what I want to say. What comes first? When, we, when you have a child, what comes first, the birth or the birth certificate? We know this. This is just common logic, right? The birth comes first. The birth comes first. How would you respond to someone who claimed you were never born until you proved a birth certificate. Like, well, you're not real. Show me your birth certificate. Show me that it's written down on paper. It's like, dude, I'm right here. What kind of logic is that? That's crazy logic. That's irrelevant logic. And this is what's so amazing is that when i which came first? We can ask this question about Jesus, as Jesus followers. Which came first, the resurrection of Jesus or the documents about the resurrection of Jesus? Which came first? It's challenging to think about this. It's interesting. The first converts to Christianity did not believe Jesus rose from the dead because they read about it. They didn't have the Bible. They were writing the pages of the Bible. How many of you guys know the Bible wasn't actually formed until the 5th century? The events of Christianity in the beginning happened in the first century. It took 400 years before people identified what should be included in the scriptures. So was the early church just done for? No, the early church was on fire. And they didn't have anything written down yet. They believed because they witnessed a resurrected God. Or they had contact with one of the direct eyewitnesses to a resurrected God. I, I would not be able to wrap my head around the idea that if my grandparents came, or my not my grandparents, but my parents came into town when you know our, our next baby is born and they show up to the hospital and they're like, Let me see it, let me see the birth certificate. Yeah! They came to see the baby. They did not come to see the documents proving that the baby is real. The foundation of the Christian faith is not an inspired book. The Bible, yes, absolutely helps us understand what it means to follow Jesus, but we need to understand this. It is not the reason we follow. It is not the reason we follow. We don't believe because of a book. We believe because of an event in human history that inspired the book. The event, not the record of the event, is what birthed this thing called the church. This will be up on the screen. The Bible did not create Christianity. Christianity created the Christian Bible. Is that challenging this morning? The Christian faith existed for decades before there was a Christian Bible. The reason Jewish folks in the first century decided to follow Jesus, give up their religion, give up their history, give up their way, was not because of a book that magically appeared, but because of Jesus. The reason for Peter's hope, the scrappy fisherman, who was back and forth. The reason for Peter's hope was a resurrected God. Here's here's the Christian perspective that I believe gets us back to the basics. As the resurrection goes, so goes our faith. As the resurrection goes, so goes our faith. How many of you guys, let's think about this. At the crucifixion of Jesus you know how many followers of Christianity there were at that time as Jesus was up on the cross, dying, breathed his last breath? After those events unfolded, you know how many Christian followers there were? Zero. You know, it wasn't because of Jesus' teachings. It wasn't because of the good things that he taught. It's because of who he claimed to be. Hey, guys, I'm God in the flesh. Hey, guys, that, that God of Israel that you guys know as your God through the history yeah, guess what? I'm him in the flesh, and I'm ushering in a new era. So when the guy who claims to be God dies, there's, you're not going to have that much of a following. You're not going to follow somebody who claimed to be God and then dies. Hope died when Jesus died, not because of his teachings, but because of who he claimed to be, which was so offensive to Jewish and religious people. So offensive. This guy's claiming to be God? Yes. And what happened? See, if Jesus couldn't keep himself alive, what hope would there be for a movement of Jesus' followers? But then a re following happened because he rose from the grave. Because people saw the man that died walking, eating, living, teaching the same people that he did before he died. There was a re-following and that re-following based on an event catalyzed to what we have as a few billion Christians today. Up on the screen says this. We don't believe because the Bible said so. We believe the Bible because Jesus rose. Let me say that again. We don't believe because the Bible said so. We believe the Bible because Jesus rose. Why why do Christians believe that Jesus rose? Because there were eyewitnesses Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, four guys documented the circumstances surrounding this event. And here's what I'll say this morning. We've got to focus in on the resurrection. So here's the deal. If the resurrection is a true event that unfolded in human history, it was the only reference point for religious Jewish people that followed a Hebrew Bible to leave everything behind for the next 300 years, catalyze a movement called the Church of Jesus. Before the New Testament, the Christian Bible, was even put together, there was this event that changed everything forever. And this is, this, I just truly believe this. We've we got to get down with the event. We got to be all in with the event. We got to believe in the event. You may be a person this morning, you're like, "I'm kind of a skeptic when it comes to Christianity." Okay. I'm fine with that. You may have been offended by the way that people have beat you over the head with a Bible or just pointed to the Bible and really reduced our faith to saying, "Well, I believe because the Bible said so." Maybe a person that relates to that this morning, but here's what I would challenge you is you got to figure out if the resurrection is real. Cuz that's the foundation. You got to come to terms with that. And here's what I know. If you believe the resurrection is real, you discover that, you investigate that, you know what else you're going to be maybe considering of is what else Jesus had to say. Because if this event actually happened in human history and this guy who died came to life, claimed to be God, logically I kind of probably want to know what else the guy has to say about life and life's perspective. And if I find out what this guy has to say about life, I'm probably going to want to understand the history leading up to Jesus being on the earth, also known as the Hebrew Bible, the law and the prophets, the Jewish scriptures, the first two thirds of the Bible. You see what I'm saying this morning is the event begins to catalyze a curiosity in all other things biblically related, but it begins with the event The reason why Christians became Christians was not based on a book. It was based on an event. The resurrection is the horse, and the Bible is the cart. Once again, inspired authors wrote about their experiences with Jesus, and the Christian Bible wasn't placed together until 336 A.D. Hundreds of years passed by before there was even a reference point for the Bible. This morning, I'm so thankful we have that as a reference point, but we cannot use that as a distraction for us to realize the reason we are Christ followers is because there is a God who claimed to be God who rose. And there was eyewitness testimony of those who claim to see and experience a risen Savior. Once upon a time in the first century, Christianity was based on an event. That's it. An event. Here's what I believe. This will be up on the screen. Anyone who loses faith in Jesus because they lost faith in the Bible lost faith unnecessarily. Say that again. Anyone who loses faith in Jesus because they lost faith in the Bible lost faith unnecessarily. This is what I struggle with. As many times thoughtful Christians who ask good questions, who want to investigate their faith, many times get shoved out of the church. This is why we're doing such a thing as conversation Sunday. Because every question and curiosity of faith is worthwhile. In fact, the Bible instructs us to be people that are able to give a reason for the hope that we have. What's our answer? Is it Stone Cold Steve Austin? Because the Bible said so! Or is it rooted in a moment in human history that changed everything? We can learn so much from the early church. First century church leaders put all their eggs in one basket. You know what basket that is? The Easter basket. All their eggs were in that one. You know, there's a lot of versions of Christianity in 2019. The angry one, I've experienced that version. As a pastor, I have definitely experienced that version. The angry version of Christianity. It's not the version I'm a part of. What about you? I've experienced the political one. I don't know about you, but the gospel of Trump does not give me hope. We are not a church that follows the political version of Christianity. Jesus, his banner. We we follow the the third political party. It's called the kingdom of God. That's That's the kind of church we are. That's the version of Christianity that we pursue after. There's a lot of versions of Christianity. There's the hypocritical one. The one where... Unhumble people are humans just like the rest of us and put a target on their backs for people to notice when they make mistakes because they're so harsh on everybody else. There's the money one, the one that's all about money, all about money, the gospel of money. This is, what, this is the heartbreaking part of it because unfortunately for some of you in the room, those versions became the Christianity that you see. Those versions of Christianity became Christianity to you. And I would challenge you this morning is maybe the version of Christianity that you thought was the version of Christianity, there's a different version. There's one that's based on an event in human history. So I want to challenge us with this question this morning. Would you embrace this version of Christianity? The non-angry one the non-political one, the non-money one, the non-one that actually does not even represent the heart of God at the core, but a version that begins with one powerful and unprecedented event in the middle of human history that wasn't planned by God to make a point. God was not making a point in this version of Christianity. How many of you guys know we live in a culture that everybody just wants to be right? That was not God's agenda. You know what his, his agenda was? he rose again because he wanted to not make a point but make a difference in the world that we live in. To be salt, to be lights, to be representatives on what the world actually needed. This morning you may be a person that's hung up a little bit on the resurrection. Here's what I want to encourage you. Investigate it. We got a couple resources that I would highly recommend. This is the foundation of our faith. You've got you to figure this one out first. Before you even get, before you even get to the Bible, you've got you to figure this one out. So we, in, our, in our library, in our resource center, this might be your next next step for you. First, there's a really small book called The Case for Easter by a guy named Lee Strobel. This guy was a skeptic, and he investigated the resurrection, the, 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 basically the, the circumstances surrounding the resurrection, and he became a follower of Jesus because of his investigation. So there's a small book. It's really great, really short if you want a short read it's his experiences, because we've got to figure this one out. Also, if you're a person and you're like, I want to take a deep dive, well, we got one for you. we got signups. If you want this one, this is called The Resurrection of the Son of God by N.T. Wright. This guy has spent nearly, nearly most of his life researching about the events surrounding the resurrection of Jesus. This might be your next step for you. Because if it's based on your life and giving your life and following this man who claims to be God, Jesus rather than following somebody else in this life, this is worth investigating and figuring out if it's true. If God claimed to be who he said he was, this is worth your time to possibly figure that out. Would you take that next step and begin following Jesus today? Here's what I believe a follower of Jesus does. Or a person who intentionally learns and obeys Jesus' commands. And I, I heard it put this way. You do the next right thing that you know to do. For some of you in the room, in terms of your spirituality, that might be, well, I need to probably show up maybe to church more often. For some of you, it might be, well, I, don't th- I think this is a fairy tale, the resurrection, so maybe I should actually investigate it. Treat it as, as, as a point in human history that's actually worthwhile of figuring out who was Jesus, and did this event actually happen? Everyone's next step is going to look completely different. Not everyone is at the same level, but here's, here's what I'm asking this morning. Would, would you choose to maybe be a follower of Jesus? Would you choose to be a follower, maybe for the first time or for the first time in a long time? Here's what I love about the disciples and the early followers of Jesus. They didn't have a perfect theology. Once again, they didn't have the scriptures yet. They were writing the scriptures, and they figured out how to follow Jesus as they went. You don't have to be perfect in the room to begin to be a follower of Jesus. You just have to begin to take him serious. This might be the first step. You have to begin to be a person of saying, okay, I'm going to actually prioritize things in my life about who Jesus is. Maybe begin to follow that God. The early followers of Jesus started following and obeying Jesus' commands And their theology and their formation came later. You may be a person in the room, you're saying, I don't fully know about this Jesus. But but this morning you have an opportunity that maybe you're pondering. You're saying, okay, I'm going to follow this man. I'm going to begin to take this journey serious and you're going to see where that leads you. I dare you to do it. You may be a person you got a bunch of church camp t-shirts in your closet, and you've left the church. You're not engaged with the church. you got issues with the institution of the church. Let me just remind you today that there are other versions of Christianity, one that's based on an event that I believe after my logical investigation is true, and God has proven himself in the journey. But would you take that journey this morning? Maybe you're taking that journey serious for the very first time. So can we pray this morning as we close?